All right, so we'll go around the table, say hello, do a little warm-up topic. I'll ask some random questions about prostate exams and uh, other. Three fingers, please. Yeah. Medical uh, things, and then we'll get going. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Hey, thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. Have a nice day. Hey, Scuttlebutt Nation, welcome to episode 155. This is the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I'm known in this galaxy as Ro, your humble comms operator here at Scarif Station. If this is your first visit to Scarif, thank you, but I will caution you if you start seeing a moon-sized shadow start to creep over the horizon, I suggest you hop back into your RB-class starship and get your bounty out of here. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy your stay because as they say here, it's always sunny on Scarif. So this week I'm joined by an illustrious panel of very fine and distinguished gentlemen who will be discussing a question I posed on Twitter a few weeks ago. It's a difficult question, so I'm very eager to hear their thoughts. Star Wars is one of those franchises that depends heavily, at least from an emotional point of view, on the music composed perfectly by one Grandmaster of the Baton, John Williams, I'm sure you're familiar. You got banger hits like this one that sets you up for a grand ride into a galaxy far, far away. And the hits keep on coming. Throughout the original trilogy to start, we are treated with some musical compositions that I might say are characters unto themselves. Themes and orchestrations like Yoda's theme. Leia's theme. And of course, the world has never been the same since this little gem. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So my question was a difficult one, as I mentioned, with so many pieces of music that spanned three trilogies. Nine movies plus the spin-offs and now Star Wars on the small screen, you have such a tapestry of musical narratives that tells its story in such a unique way, through music. What have you done with those plans? I'm joined tonight by Blake from Dork Wars Podcast and Mike from Wookie Radio, both fellow Red 5 Network stars, to answer the question, what one piece of Star Wars music encompasses the entirety of the saga and why?
Wow, I know that's a loaded question, but I'm eager to hear what their take is. I definitely put them in a rock and a hard place. Of course, there's no wrong answer, but I still wanted to hear their thoughts. And I'm interested in your thoughts. If you have thoughts on this question or want to chime in, you can certainly do so. Leave us a voicemail at 773-234-8659. Without further delay, here is episode 155. Excellent. Thank you very much, everyone, for stopping by the Citadel here at the Scarab Scuttlebutt Podcast. This is Ro, your friendly neighborhood Star Wars guy and uh, fellow geek. Uh, speaking of fellow geeks, okay, we have an awesome show to this week. Uh, we uh, it, It's been like, what, two weeks in the planning, but I've got uh, my buddy Blake from Dork Wars and my other buddy Mike from Weeby Geeks. Uh, Mike has been a long time. Blake, we uh, we see you every so often, but how are you, gentlemen? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, when you don't focus anybody out, just, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, who's going to go first? It's me, uh, Blake from Dork Wars. Um, no, I'm doing great. Uh, just trying to uh, trying to get my show back on the, the rails and, and doing our thing. But it's good to be here. Good to good to chat with you, Ro. As always, it's a uh, it's a wonderful thing. Um, absolutely, and uh, we uh, we are also on a little hiatus, uh, especially with our Scarif lives. Uh, obviously, yeah. we do that uh, right before you guys. But um, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of stuff happening. A lot of things are uh, passing us by, but uh, we got to catch up with uh, with our stuff. But um, absolutely. And Mike, we be geeks. What is happening, sir? Not much. How are you guys? <laughs> well, oh, wait, we are. Yeah. You got a little frog in your throat. Did you just call me Miss Piggy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Let's keep this rated G for doink. <laughs> Things haven't changed. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, fellas, it's good to see you. It's good to be seen by you. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Um, like I said, we have a really great show and uh, an awesome topic. It's going to be a little difficult. I started uh, posting a couple of uh, questions uh, on Twitter. I asked everybody what uh, their uh, opinion is as far as the one track of star wars music that epitomizes uh star wars as a whole and uh, we got a lot of uh a lot of interesting um you know answers uh but wanted to get uh, some of yours but before we start i want to uh I, I let's uh, warm up a little bit and i wanted to talk to you guys about um i don't know star wars but um last week was uh, the beginning of may the fourth, the week of Star Wars. I mean, really, it's the month of Star Wars. Obviously, oh, yeah. um, Star Wars coming out in May, you know, on May 25th. Um, also, a lot of people are uh, going back to the theater to watch Return of the Jedi, also released May 25th, 1983. Uh, did you guys catch it in the theater? Oh, yeah. Or uh, not the current. I, I caught it the last time I saw it in the theater uh, was... 83 <laughs> sure yeah 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 um <clears throat> when the special editions happened i watched a new hope i watched and, and it's still weird for me to call it a new hope it's star wars for me right 
Um, yeah. I watched Star Wars. I watched Empire. Um, I don't think we only because of uh, I was still in school at the time. I just couldn't get out or make the time to go see Jedi at that point um, in the theater for the special yeah. editions there in 99 or no that was 90, 97 97 yeah yeah so what? um i don't so i don't yeah because that was the last time it was out in the theaters before now yeah, yeah. did you uh did you get to see any of the re-release um uh saw empire for the 40th two years ago uh which happened, we went and saw it on my 50th birthday weekend. It's nice. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah. people take the kid to go see one of my films mm -hmm. in the theater. <laughs> Very um, nice. She absolutely loved it. Very nice. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of parents are taking their kids to see uh, Return of the Jedi this time around for its 40th anniversary. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's making bank. You know, a very limited release, but uh, oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's making some money, which is really cool. I like that. Yeah. Blake, what about you? Did you get a chance to go out and see it in uh, in the theater? Not back then because you weren't even born yeah. yet, man. I was not. I was <laughs> negative. I was negative nine years old when, uh, <laughs> when Return wow. of the Jedi was released originally. <laughs> Mike, how does that make uh, you feel? Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the re-releases i was i was very very young i caught them on vhs me and my dad watched them i know it was the late 90s when i got to see the re-releases of uh the star wars trilogy that was my first introduction to the original trilogy and uh man i've been hooked ever since though i've been hooked ever yeah. since but i'm gonna catch them this time i'm i think i'm gonna i'm gonna purchase my tickets here this week and try to get in there it's going to be play on playing all month, I think. Excellent, excellent. I think, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about, I'm not about sure that. How long. I, yeah, I, I hope, uh, I hope a lot of people get a chance to go back out to the theater. Obviously, Star Wars is meant to be seen on the big screen. I always say, yeah. I don't care how good your home theater is, uh, go out to the theater, sit in a dark uh, room with uh, some popcorn and some other fans, and just experience that because it's really electrifying. You yeah. know, if did any you of you guys, if you happen to catch it just right, but then again, for us, it was during COVID times two years ago, 2020 or 2020. Yeah. 2020, when we saw it, Empire, there was maybe 18 of us in the, in the theater as it was, you know, for, for that yeah. particular showing. And it, it might as well have been by ourselves. <laughs> I mean, of the eighteen, there were six. There were six of us in my group, so yeah. Yeah. we made up one third of the audience. Right. But oh man, still. Yeah. Yeah, I I got to catch Rogue One when it came back to theaters in the IMAX. That's the first Star yeah. Wars I got to see in IMAX. Um, Very nice. Back when I was a kid, we saw a, a trailer for Episode Two. My whole class in the fourth grade went to go see Jane Goodall the documentary. And before yeah. Jane Goodall came on, they showed a preview for Star Wars Episode Two, and you got to see Yoda with a lightsaber. And it was it was not good for Jane Goodall because everyone was like, "Dude, we want to see Star Wars. Get her and the gorillas yeah. off the screen. Yeah. Let's see some Star Wars." But uh, 
yeah, that was an amazing experience. I, I was trying to see if, if they were going to bring it out in IMAX for uh return of the Jedi and it's, it's not going to happen near me. So yeah, I will at least see it yeah. in theaters. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Andor uh, re-released uh, right before the uh, premiere episode of uh, I'm sorry, Rogue One re-released Rogue One. right before the right before the premiere episode of Andor um, went out there. I took my recorder and, uh, you know, recorded some interviews, talked to some people coming out. It was a lot of fun. People, yeah. some people watched it for the first time. Other people rewatched it. It was uh, it was nice. It was nice. It's always great to head out to the theater with friends, uh, have a couple of drinks, maybe dinner and, uh, you know, stuff your face full of popcorn That's slurpees right. and hot dogs. Yes, sir. That's the best way to do it. That is the best way to do it. So, uh, you know, it looks like we are taking a break of, uh, uh, from star Wars, uh, Mandalorian season three just wrapped up. And, uh, so did, the bad batch we've got uh not uh there's no star wars airing right now so everybody is getting their beauty sleep on uh, uh two wednesday nights maybe not you right mike you no know, i was gonna say you you mentioned this is may 4th week correct that is correct i think we well, got... right now right now it's may 1st when i air this it'll be later <laughs> well we we will have star wars visions that's correct we will have uh it's already out and i don't care if it's for toddlers or not i've already seen some of the shorts <laughs> uh young jedi my right yeah. yeah my kids have um and i i thought there was something else popping out it... um let's see oh um no you said visions said visions that's the next yeah. thing right and that and that's usually a, a binge thing because they put everything out and that's what I'm excited about. If I'm being honest, I love visions. I love the first season. Loved it. I, yeah. I love the, how first season was focused on the Japanese yeah. studios. Uh, I was. am really digging the fact that the, this next one's going to be, um, studios around the world. Yeah. yeah. Which now for, for season three, I want to see animation studio houses here in the States. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Hanna Barbera filmation. Um, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, Warner Brothers, all of them taking a crack at a Star Wars episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would with, be interesting. With, with their artists, and sure. even throw Disney in there. Disney animation. and I'll tell you, I think that that's the beauty of Visions. I I did not mm -hmm. enjoy every single episode of the first season. I didn't like every single episode, but I wasn't supposed to. It was a different art style a different style of anime every single episode was different right and i, di I didn't care for yeah. every one of them but the ones that i really digged i loved them i was in them so I'm, I'm really excited for the project i think the project is amazing i can't remember the episode but there was one episode i really liked the studio but i didn't like their episode mm. yeah and, and and that was that was a disappointment for me because I'm like, I really do like the studio, but I, I right. don't like the direction they went. Yeah. But there were some studios that I hadn't liked in the past, but what they did with Visions, I'm like, sure, okay, I'm going to have to reevaluate this, yeah. reevaluate the studio. So, I mean, I that's Visions was a good game changer for me 
on on how to reevaluate some of the Japanese anime. So now I'm looking forward to seeing there's an episode I really, really like out of season two, who did it, and I want to go find more of that studio. Yeah, that's the cool thing about how they did the the first uh, season of Visions, um, you know, bringing in such a versatile pool of, of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we dropped a, an episode, uh, Rob and I talked about Star Wars animation, and we, you know... It's, uh, you know, the Star Wars animated uh, projects uh, lately, you know, really everyone from the beginning, the Tarkovsky's uh, Clone Wars all the way through, you know, Rebels and Bad Batch. I mean, each individual show has a different look, has a different feel to it. And, um, you know, they they have really done a great job in introducing uh, different um, aspects to to this galaxy far, far away in, in all the animated shows, whether you, you know, whether you're into the different style of animation or just the way they tell the stories. So I'm really looking forward to visions volume two. There's a couple of projects in there that uh, look amazing. Um, As you know, I'm uh, you know, I love all things empire. And that, uh, that first one I think is called Sith. Uh, Looking forward to that one. And (laughs) just to see, uh, you know, see what happens with, with that storyline. But um yeah. Uh, any other Star Wars projects that uh, are not out yet that we uh, are looking forward to? Uh, Blake, I'll start with you. What do you think? What are you looking forward to? Uh, what am I looking forward to? I think, I know Ahsoka's on, on everybody's mind, but I think Skeleton Crew is one that I'm mm. I'm psyched for. It's, yeah. we, we know next to nothing about it. We know that it kind of takes place in the Mandalorian timeline a little bit, but that's about it. And I think that the mystery has really got me kind of uh, intrigued. I'm intrigued by this project. Jude Law's heading it up. There's there's younglings. There's there's kids on the ship. Are they force sensitive? Are they not? Who knows? I'm I'm, I'm intrigued by that that show. Goonies in space. Goonies in space. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I've heard it described like that. that. I'm also yeah. I I um. I'm also excited for that because like you said, we don't know a lot um, of, about that show other than, you know, Jude law. But I think, uh, I think it'll, I think it'll be something that will surprise a lot of fans. Um, Yeah. Uh, You know, in in a culture, especially nowadays where, you know, there's so many leaks and so much news out there, you know, with casting and, and, you know, rumors that, you know, some, you know, come to pass and others don't, but, there's just a lot out there. Um, I'm really surprised that they are kind of keeping it uh, on the QT. Uh, and uh, we just, we really don't know a lot. Not even, I don't even think we've gotten, um, other than production artwork, I don't think we've even gotten any stills, official stills or, or anything. No. They're keeping this one under wraps. And that's, yeah, I, so that's cool. I, I hate to say that's what's, that's what's keeping me in trees. like, Ahsoka, we yeah. kind of know the direction it's going. You know, we kind of know right. where, where all these other projects, the the acolyte, we kind of know where that's headed. It's, it's in the High Republic era. It's it's following the Sith. We kind of know where it's going, but this is like something totally new. So I, I think that's what's got me hooked. Yeah, it's it's almost like back in the day you had to wait three years between uh, movies. You know, uh, didn't know what was going to happen until we got to the theater. So that's uh, yeah. That's different. Uh, Mike, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, 
I actually, I mean, I could go obvious answer, Ahsoka. I know with my daughter, she's already said Ahsoka is, once August hits, Disney Channel's all she's watching. Yeah. Because she's going right. to be repeat and repeat and repeat. Um, skeleton Crew, definitely on my radar, but I'm really looking forward to the Acolyte because if timed right, it should be coming out right as we're getting the end of phase three of the High Republic era in the books. And this is supposed to take place 200, 200 years before or after the beginning of where we are in the books. Mm. So I, I'm really excited for that and some of that gap being put in pre now acolytes going to take place between the start of the high republic era with uh light of the jedi in and 200 years before phantom menace so the sith coming back how do they come you know does the jedi order know they're there and then just conveniently forgot or did they wipe them out like they talk about in the in the prequels? Mm-hmm. And it was just, well, no, they kind of disappeared and <laughs> whatever. So, you know, we, we get a little wave up uh, of the Sith coming back. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see how, if they do, bring in the Nihil, bring in, um, you know, Roe from, from the right. High Republic. Oh, the yeah. Martian. Roe Martian. Yeah. yeah. The other row. I mean, what what do what do they now who who's coming in? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So there's a lot, you know, a lot of Star Wars uh waiting in the wings for for us to sink our teeth into. So that's cool. let's get right into it because i wanted to ask you guys uh you know it's uh it's it's a really hard question and i know a lot of people have their own takes on what uh what the answer is um there's no wrong answer but i just wanted to get your take um the the question really that i posed is what is the one piece of music throughout all six star wars or uh, sorry nine that's a freudian slip there all nine Star Wars movies um, <laughs> that uh, that epitomizes uh, the 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 I guess the the ideology of of Star Wars when you when you hear it in 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 its complete form. Um, what do you guys think? That's that, definitely a hard question. I um, it took me a while to think of my choice, and I've got you know I've got a little explanation of that. But uh, you know, hearing John Williams obviously. Uh, you know, he has contributed so much to this galaxy, to this uh, IP. Um, he has left us with such a legacy. And I know we've got other composers that have taken up the mantle. Uh, we, we've got music from The Mandalorian. We've got music from the, uh, you know, Clone Wars. Uh, Kevin Kiner, I think, is uh, yep. is brilliant uh, in, in this, the work that he does. Um, you know, when you watch the animated shows with, uh, Kevin Kiner's music, it's almost indistinguishable from, 
um, I would say, you know, a, uh, a person that scores, you know, movies, uh, on the big screen, it is, uh, fantastic. Yeah. It, um, uh, rich, uh, it, it's, it's really, really great. So I, I would, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to actually, you know, when we actually hear, uh, any Kevin Kiner on the big screen, because, uh, he's, he definitely has it. Um, but, um, enough about me. What about you guys? Uh, Mike, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you. When you, when you posed the question, you said nine films. I'm like, okay. The, the one that really hit me the most. Yeah. Is not, would not be in that list of nine films. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because there's 11. If you count Rogue One and, and Solo. Sure. We, we, we have 11 films, but I assumed you meant just the episodic films. Right. Just the, uh, the so, trilogies. So Skywalker with the, saga, as they say, with the episodics, the one that has always stood out for me, uh, even going back to when the family saw it for the first time in the drive-in movie theater back in 77, it's, it's Leia's theme. while it is a little upbeat it, it's somber enough or slow enough to to tell you yeah this is a regal person this is a this is the heroine of the film um especially to have her own theme um but as a kid it, it's definitely one of the ones that you know being on the playground it was one of the tunes we would sing along as we're playing. Because we used it for you know, our own background music when we play on the playground. Um, you know, between that, the main title, and, but... You know, Leia's theme was was one that I always remember us using, and you know, to hear it throughout the saga, because we do hear it a little bit in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, I mean, there there are there are nods to it. Uh, we hear it in in the sequels, you know, off and on. So, um, yeah, I, I think to me. Leia's theme is one of the most potent songs from from the trilogy. Yeah, yeah, or from the from the saga. Sure. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. Um, we'll uh, we'll uh, dissect a little bit about that uh, with a couple of questions. But uh, Blake, what about you? Yeah, that oh, Mike, that's a good one. That's a really good. That's one of mine too. Uh, but one of mine as well. Uh, you know, Duel of Fates is a great one. <gasps> But one that I think kind of exemplifies Star Wars as a whole comes from, from uh, Revenge of the Sith. That is the Battle of the Heroes. That is the the orchestrated uh, piece that is 
played while Anakin and Obi-Wan are dueling and Yoda and uh, Palpatine are, are dueling in Revenge of the Sith. In, in this piece, we have, um, we, you can hear bits of the Imperial March playing. That's kind of foreshadowing what Vader will be. We have um, nods to the opening theme in this, in this uh, piece. This, it's, it's, it kind of encompasses all of Star Wars in here. I don't hear much of, of Leia's theme in here. I will say that. <laughs> but just kind of the big climactic pieces that we're, we all know and love from Star Wars are in this piece. And it's kind of a culmination of all the stuff that we love about Star Wars. Uh, we, we have original, uh, original trilogy vibes in there. We have prequel trilogy vibes. It kind of just meshes it all together. It makes sense because we're here at the cusp of uh, the Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. We, we've got that, you know, we're about to be uh, tying these two movies together. So, of course, this this theme has to be climactic. It has to be, um, it has to be epic, and it is. And I, I think it it encompasses a lot of the music that's played throughout the prequels and the originals. If I remember right, too, there's a phrase or two in there of um, in that piece that's from the final duel. It is in A New Hope between Vader and and uh, Obi Wan. It's like yeah. they kind of threw just a small little section, a uh, small little phrase of, the, of that song in into that. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, the one that I picked, um, Blake, is uh, right next to yours if you're looking at uh, the soundtrack of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, I, I selected the, uh, the track entitled A New Hope and End Credits. it's a it's a long piece uh revenge of the sith so you you to me this track really epitomizes the entirety of the saga through its thematic revisiting uh, of some of the themes the grand structure it reminds us of why star wars is so great it uh it lifts your spirit and it reminds you as the title um you know suggests that there is a new hope and that it's there if you believe it um, you have hints of Luke and Leia's theme in there at the beginning because of their birth. You have uh, a little bit of Duel of the Fates, obviously. You've got the throne room from the original Star Wars that's uh, slipped in there. Uh, 
and obviously the uh, the force theme, which a lot of people, um, you know, said uh, when I posted the question on, on Twitter, you know, the force theme and uh, the binary sunset uh, from from Star Wars. Um, it's uh, it, it's funny because it's also a song like when I heard it the first time, obviously, Revenge of the Sith is the last of the prequel films. Um, and you can kind of, I almost felt like John Williams said, all right, um, I'm done with star Wars. This is the last one. Thank you, George. Thank you fans. I'm going to write the hell out of this track, you know, and, uh, it goes into the end credits, which is so, uh, grandiose, uh, in its composition that, uh, you can really, really tell that John Williams is conducting his scuttlebutt off on, on this one. (laughs) Um, and, it, and it's got a lot of, like I said, it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of familiar themes that really yeah. encompass the, the feeling of star Wars. And of course the, the original part of that too, that he throws in there in between all the things or as an underlying bed with all the themes is, is the, you know, also right there in the beginning with, with the funeral procession. Right. Know, with Padme, which starts off that whole sequence. Yeah. Right? You know, right after and- the birth. Right. And I, I wanted to ask you guys, you know, um, somebody had told me years ago that um, if you turn the uh, the volume down in the movies and just play the soundtrack, you can pretty much tell what's going on through the feeling of the music. And I think that's one of the great things that John Williams is able to accomplish. You know, George Lucas, obviously, you know, he's on record saying that, you know, Star Wars is kind of structured as a silent film, um, giving. Um, you know, homage to, to the older films, the serials and stuff like that. But it's, uh, you know, the, the music in star Wars is definitely a character unto its own. Yeah. And, um, you know, by introducing, you know, I don't know the, uh, Darth Vader's theme or Yoda's theme. I yeah. mean, these, uh, these characters have voices through the music. And I think that's, uh, I think that's fantastic. Well, I, I think with any of the films, whether it's rogue one, or solo added in uh, for me every now and then I'll just go through and I'll just pick a soundtrack and, and play the soundtrack for the week as I'm going back and forth to work. And you know exactly where you are in the movie. Oh yeah. By the song that you're hearing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, Even, sometimes you say the lines too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, music is one of those things I've, I play music to this day. Uh, I grew up, playing a lot of music. I went to college and played some uh, orchestral music. I've played, I've played Star Wars music in orchestras before. And music is one of those things that when you hear a piece and you associate it with something, when you hear that music back, you have those same feelings. You have those same nostalgic feelings. And Star Wars is the same way. If I was listening through some of the tracks today, uh, just preparing for this, I listened to A New Hope. I listened to Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I listened to all the prequel stuff. And I would listen to those those pieces. And I was there in the films. I could picture what was going on. Music just gives you that sort of thing. And I hate to uh, disagree with George, but it may have been structured as a silent film, but like you said, Ro, the, the music is a character itself. When you see Luke looking at the at the binary suns, when you hear that track, what, what it's it just brings on a whole yeah. different feeling. I mean, you can't oh, yeah. you can't quantify that. 
and I know this this might diminish the whole discussion, but one of the things I think about, and I said this in our in our chat, but I think about all the time when I see that now. Uh, if you ever watch Family Guy and you watch Blue Harvest, which is like the, fir- the a New Hope spoof that Sp- Family Guy did. Someday, I'll get off this rock and fight the Empire. Chris plays Luke Skywalker. He just stops and introduces John Williams and the London Symphony Orchestra, everybody. It's well-deserved. <laughs> I watched that. I'm like, yeah, it, it, that's what makes that scene is the music that the, you know, the, the, it's there, but the music really makes that scene for me. You know, it's funny as a director, George Lucas, uh, you know, kudos to him for putting those, uh, those beats in there in the original movie, you know, a little time where Luke reflects on the future, uh, his fate, uh, looking at the twin sons there. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm not sure if the rest of the movies have that much of a pause, um, but, uh, you know, obviously Star Wars A New Hope has that, and uh, I'm I'm very glad that he included that in there because it really does kind of set up um, the future of that character, per se, um, obviously talking about Luke Skywalker. Um, but, you know, as uh, as that film was released, obviously we, you know, we have that message of uh, hope for young people and the audience that was, you know, watching that at the time. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I posted the other day when uh, I came back from watching Return of the Jedi in, on the big screen. It's uh, it's still a magical thing to to experience a movie on the big screen, especially a movie that we are so connected to, um, like a Star Wars. I mean, there's nothing like seeing something like Star Wars on the big screen. Even the, I mean, the sound, I mean, we're, we're talking about music here and just the, the sound fills that, that room and it's designed to do that. And it's, I don't know. It's, it, it's thick in there. When, when you hear those sounds, like even, um, I don't know, I hadn't seen it yet, but do they play the victory theme at the end? Do they do the, the is it the, the uh, re-released version of, uh, Return it's of the, the Jedi. Yeah, it's a special edition. I don't think right. we're ever going to see the original you cut. Probably not. Uh, You're not going to see again. the Yub Nub no more. <laughs> yeah, uh, Yub, Yub Nub's yeah. done. Yeah. Only, and I, and I, I mean, I can see it because I own the DVDs that have the original right. theatrical cut. Right. So I throw in the original theatrical cut. I'm going to get Yub Nub. throw in the special yeah. edition i get the <laughs> i get the victory right it, it, and i can get both as well i i like you I, I really do maybe maybe i'm young but i love the victory theme I just feel like it ties everything together so well. It, it just seems like a more regal way to end in the series. Mm-hmm. 
wish they kept a verse or two of Yub Nub and then rolled in or phased into the celebration. Yeah. Combine the two. It's got a lot of heart. Instead of just eliminating one. I mean, the the rebels are, I mean, that's the initial celebration there on the planet. Let's get that. Right. You know, let's get the Ewoks doing their celebration. Do do a verse or two, and then meld into the victory, and yeah, then start could, showing done, all yeah. the different planets. Yeah, they they definitely could have done that, but you know, I, I don't have a problem with either versions. Um, yeah, but uh, I do like your idea there, Mike. Um, Mike, I wanted to get back to uh, your selection because uh, picking Leia's theme is. Um, I wanted to ask you about that. You. Um, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but uh, the the fact that you selected Leia's theme and um, you know, well, we can hear it in our minds, but um, does that have any reflection on uh, I guess the, uh, the, the status of, of Leia as a character for you in, in the, in the saga? I think so. I mean, even, even back in the day, I mean, we never really saw a a a female character like that mm-hmm. on screen, except out, you know, except in Flash Gordon, you know, the old Flash Gordon stuff. Um, you know, Star Trek, we we didn't get a lot of it. Uh, Space nineteen ninety nine, there wasn't. You no, know, I mean, there was the female leads and female support, but nothing like Leia. I mean. Yeah. To, to have that and, and to see her okay they rescued her from the detention center well now she's rescuing them them <laughs> from getting blasted out of the hallway that's right. right yeah that's right now fires into the go down there <laughs> yeah i don't care what you're smelling she said go go <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean absolutely I mean, it's 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 one of those nothing like Leia, sure, and, yeah. and, it's, and, and it's one of those. Carrie Fisher was was the best. She was a force yeah. to be reckoned with, pun intended. And I yeah. I have <laughs> met I have met one of the other people who actually auditioned for that role. Oh. That's Terry Noon, who's the the voice of who's the lead singer of the group Berlin. She actually auditioned. Mm, yeah. I actually got to meet her last year. Oh, that's cool. And I think Terry's great. I love Berlin. I can't see her as as Leia. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's just no way. And Carrie Fisher does a phenomenal job. She that that character permeates Star Wars. Period. That theme permeates Star Wars. Anytime there's a softer moment, that is one of the softest. Um pieces in Star Wars, period. It's da 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 da, right? And we we yeah. all know that theme. And when you hear that, you know something it's going to get softer and it's going to get, we're going to delve yeah. into the character a little bit. And then when they pick up the, te- you know, 
like when we hear it in Empire Strikes Back when they're trying to get off Bespin and the tempo's brought up. Right. You know, you can feel the, you know, you get the, the, she's in charge and, and you catch a little bit more urgency from her right. or with it from her. But when, when they even pushed it down slightly around the time of, of Han being frozen in carbonite, you could, you could feel the, yeah. You can feel the, yeah, the tension and the horror, you know, yeah. and the and the grief and the worry from her, because they just pitched it slightly down, yeah, just just a, I want to say they they took semitone. it down to a minor like a semitone, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, it was like a, a slight minor and and yeah. it just completely changed the 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 tune to to you know instead of a regal somber into a a fear somber and yeah just. I mean, it was a great piece that I think John Williams, you know, played with a lot, especially with Carrie and and was and, and with that character, and really was able to to hit all the moods and all the beats of of Leia with with that tune. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know it's wonderful that John Williams was able to create these, uh, you know, sometimes almost solo themes, uh, these uh, orchestrations uh, with uh, characters. You got uh, Yoda's theme is very similar in yeah. in, in structure. Um, you know, you've obviously you've got the Imperial March or Darth Vader's theme. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows that, but which um, is funny that wasn't even created until empire strikes back right. but in star wars there's there there's a couple pieces that have that element in it so it was almost yeah. like he was teasing it yeah before, before he, he actually created yeah. it it's just uh you know it's 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 really cool it's gene i want to say it's genius um but uh you know we have been treated for you know with uh, so much wonderful music in star wars um and again you know not just uh, just the nine films but uh, you know the rest of the menagerie of, of movies, the, the standalones, the projects, the animated shows. It's uh, it's been a treat to listen to everything uh, from all the uh, you know composers. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's, it's just um, you know Star Wars. If you think of Star Wars, uh, you know you can't not think of the music that accompanies the films, and uh, it's it's just wonderful. music of star wars it, it makes star wars i think that star wars as a whole the the what you see on the screen the words you hear the music all works together to make star wars what it is I don't think stars would be what it is without the music that's just me um as great as the story is i, I love the. i'd watch it i'd probably watch it without the music but i think the music really just adds so much to the story and like you say when you hear that music and you can picture what's happening on the on the screen if, if you can picture what's happening when you listen to those tracks that that means something i mean that, that 
I mean, it really tugs at your soul then if, if, if that's what's happening. Tugging at your soul is definitely uh, one of the the objectives of Star Wars music. I think it brings you into that world. It helps you, you know, believe what you're watching, um, not only with your eyes, but with your heart and your soul. And, uh, you know, John Williams uh, has done that. And not only with uh, Star Wars music, but with every, you know, franchise that he touches, uh, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, you've got uh, the rest of, you know, everything that John Williams Jurassic so. Park. Yeah. Jurassic Park. It's, um, you know, he really, he really knows how to tap into that. And, um, it's, uh, it's really great, really great. Um, any final thoughts on star Wars music? Um, this has been a really great discussion. Mike, you're about to say something. Yes. Uh, if you haven't seen it already on Disney plus, there is a documentary on, uh, was it if these walls could sing, Oh, okay. Talking about Abbey Road Studios, and there's yeah. a whole, and near the end, there's a whole section about when they talked about reaching out to John Williams to bring to open up the studio to bring in the the orchestra to record Star Wars for that first time. Wow. Yeah, or or to re- to record a Star a Star Wars film. I don't believe it was the first film. Yeah. Um but they go in and it's like incredible. Yeah. Excellent. And and just the history that star Wars then adds to the studio that the Beatles, the Beatles built. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's your Disney plus plug. You get one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Excellent. Actually, that's my second because I did visions earlier. (laughs) Oh, you did. Yeah, you did. You sure did. But I'll say this about about the music of Star Wars. Um, John Williams does fantastic work. Anything that you listen to of his and you watch with the movie, you associate that music with the movie, and, and it's intertwined. It's it's not separate. You can't watch uh, Star Wars and not think of dun, 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 dun. You can't not think of Leia's theme. You can't not think of Duel of Fates. If you watch Jurassic Park, you can't think of. Uh, you can't not think of the, the music that's associated. If you watch E.T., you can't not think of the music associated. So I think that the music that John Williams makes is special. I mean, there's not many composers that can can do that. If I remember right, he he holds the record for most Oscar nominations mm. yeah. by anyone. Yeah. yeah. Actor, composer, whoever. Yeah, I think yeah. he holds the most, and he may even—I'm not sure if he holds the most Oscars earned as well. Yeah, well deserved, absolutely. It's just so intertwined, Excellent. all this so intertwined. Yeah. You know, just to be nominated that many times, right. you know, that right there, I think, is more than the Oscar itself.
doing something right. But, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Let's go around the room and tell folks where people can find you to say hello there. Mike. Um, you can find me <laughs> quite a few places. Uh, there's the Weeby Geeks podcast. There's Wookie Radio um, and Mighty Marvel Geeks. Uh, all of those go to eatshow.net. Uh, sites are a little run behind. Uh, they're a lot behind because when I was out on medical leave, I just didn't do much <laughs> except record. Um, and since I've been back to work, I just haven't had time to catch up. But I also run um, a podcast network called the Weeby Geeks Podcast Collective. And, of course, my three shows are also part here of the Red, Red 5 family the red five network uh which we're glad to be a part of and help promote as well excellent excellent good stuff and blake how about you well i'm, I'm not that i've, I've got dork wars <laughs> podcast that's all i got going on <laughs> and we're behind too <laughs> we're all behind um but we're, we're trying to get back in the groove of things and um you can find us at dorkwarspodcast.com there you can find everywhere that we stream it's it's everywhere spotify apple podcast uh google podcast all those uh, podcatchers all those wherever you get your podcasts we're there um check out our facebook instagram all that stuff but uh check out dork wars we'd love to have you listen in and we just like to have fun that's what we do so absolutely and catch you catch these guys uh live uh when they do their shows it's uh really a lot of fun there too so uh Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Uh, if you want to check the rest of the Red 5 Network, we've got uh, more than 35 shows, content creators, both YouTube and audio. Head over to bio.link slash Red 5 and do some exploring. But uh, as far as Star Wars music, if you have your selection, if you think we are all totally wrong about our selection and want to contribute to uh, what you think Star Wars means to you as far as music, Give us a call and leave us a voicemail on the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline. That's 773-234-8659. And uh, we will listen to it and uh, talk about it. Uh, until next time, this is Ro, Michael, and Blake. Thank you very much. I called you Michael. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. For more goofy stuff, please visit... All of us, because uh, we are here for the shenanigans. Yes, sirree. Thank you very much. Until next time, that's the scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>